Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. You might hear some birds chirping in the background. I don't care. It's a beautiful day in Wisconsin. I've been so miserable in this freaking winter that we had. There's a really funny meme that's out there. Maybe it was a TikTok. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, seasonal depression. I don't actually think that that's a thing. And then you step outside for the first time after a winter and like everything is great and you're suddenly happy again and you're smiling and like you're a totally different person. I do think that seasonal depression is a thing, but I think sometimes we forget that. Um, Yeah. So I'm just feeling everything today. It is beautiful here and I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. So a nice little quickie episode today. We are going to talk all about just the basics of relationship OCD Believe it or not, this is actually, I did, it was right when I started this podcast. It was a couple of years ago. I did just, again, a really surface level explanation podcast episode about relationship OCD, and it was one of my most popular episodes, Um, probably most definitely in the top 10 or maybe even top five, but it's really a topic that a lot of you tend to resonate with, and I think it's one of those things where people kind of assume that OCD is just about cleanliness. OCD is just about fear of germs. OCD is just about, you know, kind of all these more conventional things. And and we don't realize that OCD can actually latch on to anything. OCD can latch on to anything. It is limited only by our imagination. And I think this connects even further to my whole spiel about like generalized anxiety disorder versus OCD, right? I think a lot of times in the past, we have been under the assumption, society, professionals, everybody, that generalized anxiety disorder was all about things that were realistic and like more realistic and, and practical concerns, more down to earth kind of concerns or worries. Whereas OCD was kind of reserved for all those things that were impractical and probably would never happen, right? Like, you know, the difference between worrying about your bills, your health, or the future, or a relationship. That would probably be more traditionally categorized under generalized anxiety disorder, whereas OCD would be like, you know, washing your hands three times, otherwise your mom is going to die, right? Um, Kind of these more quote-unquote outlandish things. But as we start to learn more about OCD, as we start to 
have people really were focusing more on the process of this condition uh, versus the content. I think we've really come to realize, and I feel really strongly about it, that again, OCD is limited only by your imagination. It is in no way, shape, or form about the content. It is about the process. And relationship OCD is really one of those subtypes where it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think that that could be OCD because it seems like it could be so much more realistic um, or practical, right? So we're going to talk all about uh, a couple different things here, but uh, mostly what I feel really is important to just lay out there right off the bat is relationship OCD is not just about romantic partners or romantic relationships. I think relationship OCD gets a bad rep in that way. Um, And even a lot of the websites like IOCDF, you know, if you look on IOCDF or some of the more major OCD sites, maybe they don't now because we've advocated so much for it. And we spoke about it. My good friends, Carly Samick and Karen Gill, they're both also therapists. We used to work together. We talked about this at the International OCD Foundation in 2022 in Denver, Colorado, about how relationship OCD is not just about romantic relationships. It's really about relationships, right? Like who who cares what you call it? A relationship is a relationship. We have relationships with our friends, our coworkers, our aunts and uncles, our children, our parents. Um, we can't just say that this has to do just with romantic partners. That's ridiculous. Why? Why? Um, so I think we've come a long way since then. I, I hope that we're kind of thinking about things outside of just the romantic box. But just so you know, with the context that you need going into this episode, it is not if you ask me, romantic relationship, you know, relationship OCD is not just about romantic partners. It's really just about relationships, right? So uh, let's get that just romantic context out of here. It's about relationships. So when it comes to relationship OCD, I really see two types, uh, two different kind of manifestations. And someone can have one or the other. They can certainly have both. Um, And I typically see obsessions and compulsions that are centered around the partner or the other person in the relationship. I see it where obsessions and compulsions are centered on the relationship itself, or like I said, both. So obsessions and compulsions around the partner would be, oh my gosh, like, are they good good looking enough for me? Um, am I giving enough to them? You know, do they really love me? Do I really love them? Relation of obsessions and compulsions about the relationship would be more about, you know, are they spending enough quality time together? Are they really meant to be together? Um, and of course, like I said, you could certainly experience both. And, you know, relationships can be about anything. Like I said, you can even, I've even heard of and, and I've experienced that too relationships about pets, family members, coworkers. I believe wholeheartedly that I struggled with relationship OCD with Eli at times, right? I struggled so much with the obsessiveness and compulsiveness as it relates to the integrity of our relationship. I've struggled with it when it comes to my the integrity of our relationship with my dogs, um, especially when I got my new dog, Emmett, back in 2020. Back in 2018, we got Emmett, we got another dog after having like my heart dog, um, just like my absolute soulmate. And I really got into this difficult pattern of like, if I pet ASIC on the head, I have to pet Emmett on the head. If I give Emmett attention, I have to give ASIC the same amount of attention. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to give either one of them attention because it would set me off into this you know, cycle of feeling really guilty and having to make everything equal. 
And I was always really worried about the integrity of our relationship. I was also really worried, maybe unrelated about just like the integrity of me being a good pet owner and, you know, how that would play out in the future. Also, like I said, really struggled with my relationship with Eli. There were multiple times and multiple ways that I obsessed about him in general, um, obsessed about, you know, whether were there certain qualities about him that would, uh, you know, go on into the future and make him into like a terrible, horrible person, like maybe the first time that he hit, which is totally developmentally appropriate for the age that he's at. Oh my gosh, like, is he going to be the next Jeffrey Dahmer? Like, you know, obsessiveness about little qualities about that, but also certainly about our relationship and importantly about the integrity of our relationship. A really good example of this is on our five minute daily drive home from daycare for the first five years of Eli's life, I would be obsessive about what do we listen to? What do we do on the way home? Do we listen to Elmo, what Eli wants to listen to? Do we listen to what I want to listen to, which is like an audiobook or a song that I want to listen to to like take care of myself? Do I just talk to him about his day? And if I talk to him about his day, do I ask open-ended questions? Do I ask closed-ended questions because I don't want to overcomplicate things? Do I tell him, tell me about your day? What if he says, I don't know, then what am I supposed to By the time we knew it, I was freaking home and we had not said anything, right? Like, and that lasted, it was every single day. And it was all about the integrity of our relationship. If I listened to Elmo, which was what Eli wanted to listen to, obviously not what I necessarily wanted to listen to, that would make him happy, but would I not be taking good care of myself? And would that somehow affect the integrity of our relationship? If I listened to a song that I wanted to listen to, would that somehow affect the integrity of our relationship because I wasn't letting him listen to what he wanted to listen to? And it was just a mess. It was so difficult. When you don't see these symptoms or patterns fall into like a nice, neat OCD subtype, it can be really hard and it can fool you into thinking that you have an actual relationship problem. It can fool you into thinking that, you know, you have an actual problem with how you are as a pet owner or a problem with how you are as a mom or that you just aren't a good mom or whatever. And, And that's not true. It's just the doubt disorder. OCD is the doubt disorder. It always has been and it always will be. So let's get into some common obsessions or fears for those who have ROCD, some common compulsions, and other ways it can come up, not just with a romantic partner. So some common obsessions, like I had mentioned some in the in previous segments here, you know, are they good looking enough? Do I like them enough? Um, are we spending enough time together? Kind of all those questions, right? Um, I think a lot of fears come down to core fears of like guilt and regret and um, making the wrong decisions, so on and so forth. Common compulsions would be things like avoidance, checking, reassurance seeking. You could do any number of compulsions when it comes to this and anything could be a compulsion, right? So just making sure that you are uh, really looking at the function of that behavior, anything could be a compulsion. And like I mentioned, it could come up with pets, children, parents. I see this all the time. Uh, exposure and response prevention, as always, you guys, is going to be the best case forward. And of course, there are exceptions. There are people out there that ERP doesn't work for. Nothing is perfect. That would be incredible if it was. Um, But the best thing that you could do, what I would want someone who I love is struggling with OCD, what I would want them to do, I would want them 10 out of 10 to do exposure and response prevention. If I had a choice and I knew no other information, 10 out of 10, it's going to be exposure and response prevention, bar none, like second to none. So exposures, start with what it is that you're avoiding. 
Think about all the ways that your relationship OCD kind of impacts your um, life. Think about all the things that you've been avoiding. Are you avoiding hanging out with this person? Are you avoiding, um, you know, you know, seeing other couples, so on and so forth? Start with what it is that you avoid. But it's also imperative that you are putting yourself in these positions where you are doing exposures and resisting compulsions, right? You don't want to just do an exposure and do something that's challenging just to do the compulsion afterwards because you're going to negate your progress. The only purpose of an exposure is to put yourself in a position where you can resist your compulsions. That's the most important thing that you can take away from any of the things that I talk about. Resisting rituals is the most important thing. So thinking about how you're trying to deal with all this, what mental rituals are you doing? Are you ruminating? How are you answering or trying to answer OCD's questions? And then working your butt off to try to resist doing those things. And eventually, when it comes to whatever relationship, right, you are going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to either treat it like a relationship problem or you're going to have to treat it like it's doubt and like it's OCD. You cannot, this is the biggest problem that I see people getting into, that they go back and forth. One day they want to treat it like OCD and they want to do exposures and they want to you know, resist the rituals. And then the next day they treat it like it's an actual relationship problem. And this goes for so much, right? Like even with health anxiety, health OCD, somatic OCD, they kind of waver back and forth and uh, go back and forth. You know, today I'm going to treat it like a real health problem. I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to Google and blah, blah, blah. The next day, they want to treat it like it's OCD and they want to resist their compulsions and do exposures. Eventually, you are going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to pick a lane and stick with it. And I never tell my clients, I can't tell you, you know, what is the best decision. I can't tell you whether the best decision is to stay with this person or break up with this person or do this or do that. You have to make a decision for yourself. And that's where the doubt comes in, right? That's where everything gets hard because you have to make a decision and you have to stick with it. You have to commit to that decision. Either break up with them, that's fine. That's a decision too. Like I can't tell you either to break up with them or to not break up with them. I just need you to make a decision and then stick with it, right? Um, so, you know, and committing unrelentingly to if you choose to treat this like it's OCD, making sure that you are committing unrelentingly to treating this like it's OCD, right? Uh, an example that I was given, I believe it was from John Hirschfield, um, is it was at a conference that I was at. It was at International OCD Foundation. I, I'm pretty sure that was John Hirschfield. Um, but in working with people who have indecision, he went over this example of how, you know, with OCD, so much of it does come down to indecision. That's where the doubt comes in, Right. So let's say that somebody would go in and they went to a car dealership, they bought this car, they loved it, and then a day later, two days later, three years later, they really regret that car and they're thinking about this other car that's that they saw instead and they're upset with themselves about how did I make this decision and I'm stuck with this car now. We do that with our relationships in relationship OCD, right? Like we kind of have this thing and we felt like it was really great and then we have these doubts about it. What I need you to do in that situation is instead of kind of going back and forth and being indecisive like that, I need you to go, and this is what John Hirschfield would say, like, go get your car a car wash. Go get those little, like, dice that you hang in the mirror. Go love on your car. Really lean into that decision. Of course, it'll feel uncomfortable, but that's part of the game, and that's part of living with OCD. It's also uncomfortable, right? Living with OCD is also really uncomfortable, and so it's really, really important 
if you have made the decision to treat this like an OCD problem, but then every once in a while you have this doubt creep in, like what if it's not OCD? You know, I would encourage my clients at that time, lean into that decision, go hug that person, go hang out with that person, really lean into that because OCD is not going to dig it. OCD is not going to dig it. Something else that John Hirschfield has said is that OCD is a glitch in the good enough system, which I think is really relevant to relationship OCD in particular, right? Because we're saying that we're not good enough. This person is not good enough. The integrity of our relationship is not good enough. Can You know, our hands aren't clean enough. Our, our house isn't clean enough. This isn't lined up perfectly enough. Like no matter how you do it, OCD is the doubt disorder. It's a glitch in the good enough system. It is problem solving gone awry. And so if you guys can take a step away from the intricacies of the content and, again, really focus on the process, I think you're going to be in such a better, better place. Um, So practicing those exposures, resisting those rituals, making a commitment to yourself as to whether you're going to treat this like an OCD problem or a relationship problem, I think those things are going to be so, so helpful for you. So really quickly here in summary, you guys, relationship OCD can latch on to any relationship, pets, family members brothers, sisters, coworkers, not just romantic ones. It's all about the process. It's not about the content. Make sure you are putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. Make sure you are reducing your compulsions and your safety behaviors. Reduce avoidance. Start there. Ask yourself what it is that you're avoiding and try to start there. Be on the lookout for the ways in which indecision affects all of these systems, right? So forcing yourself to make more decisions, trying not to get stuck in that indecisive loop, and moreover, leaning into those decisions that you are doubtful of, right? Like leaning into them, going and getting that car, car wash, going and hugging your partner when you have those doubts, um, committing unrelentingly to treating this like it's OCD. And of course, I have other resources for you all. So uh, if you like what you heard here, if you want to learn more about OCD, if you want to learn more about ERP, if you just want to see what the heck else I've been working on, I have so many masterclasses. I have so many things lined up. I have so many good things for you guys that I just love and I feel so proud of. And I just want to share them with all of you. The first thing that you can do is go to my website, www.jennaoverballlpc.com. There you can find a free newsletter. You'll get a free uh, PDF download to, it's called Imagine Your Recovered Life. It is incredible. I've been told that it's a game changer, both for therapists and for people who have OCD and anxiety. I have tons of masterclasses that you can listen to and watch and download instantly and have forever in an amazing little Kajabi um, style kind of platform. It's so nice. It's so beautiful. We've worked so hard on it. And I cannot wait for you guys to get in there and have those light bulb moments, have those aha moments, and just realize that this is not in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be as complicated as we've made it out to be. So if you want to let me know what you thought about this episode, what you think about anything else that we've gone over today, I would love, love, love for you to reach out to me. Again, my website is www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. I will leave all those links in the show notes. And oh my gosh, you guys, that went by fast. I hope that you loved this. Share it with a friend and come back for more. Until then. See you next time. And of course, keep doing all those hard things. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant 
free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in and until next time, keep doing all the hard things.